What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and I like Puck. Do you like Puck? Let's talk Puck together, you and I. Last night, the Montreal Canadiens and the Tampa Bay Lightning fired the opening salvo in what will be a particularly ridiculous, as Steve Dangle has coined it, silly season this season with the expansion draft and the creation of the Vegas Golden Knights. In fact, in less than a week's time, on Wednesday, June 21st, the Vegas Golden Knights roster will take shape, announced live during the NHL Awards. The other 30 teams in the NHL are rushing around and falling all over themselves to make signings and trades prior to Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That is when rosters freeze, except for dealings with the Vegas Golden Knights, and on Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern, protection lists must be submitted to the NHL in terms of which players teams are going to protect from the expansion draft. But it's not just that. That's just step one. Starting on Sunday, the Vegas Golden Knights can start negotiating contracts with pending unrestricted free agents as well as pending restricted free agents that are not protected by their team. That's right, starting on Sunday, Vegas has an exclusive 48-hour window with which to negotiate with pending free agents coming up for the beginning of the next season, and their selections must be submitted to the league by Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. So what this means is the next, let's say, 100 or so hours in the NHL is going to be super interesting. And I can't just leave you hanging. You're my audience. I love you too much to do that. So we are definitely going to have our expansion draft content. And here's how it's going to go. My plans for this expansion draft have changed more times than a Kardashian at an after party. But here's the way it's going to go down. I made this announcement on Twitter over the last couple of days. By the way, if you want my feelings on the Drouin and Mikhail Sergachev trade, well, that's on my Twitter account too. But in general, I'm okay with it. So right now, obviously, you're watching this video, and what this video is going to be is a breakdown of the pending unrestricted free agents or restricted free agents that I expect will be unprotected by their teams and making some predictions about who Vegas may actually be targeting. That's also going to include at the end of the video where I'm going to drop dime on predicted signings, the people that I think Vegas will, in fact, sign prior to the expansion draft. After that, either Sunday evening or Monday morning, depending on how productive I am after I get home from work, we are going to have a full-length podcast where I am going to do a mock draft for the Vegas Golden Knights roster based on the actual protection lists from the actual NHL teams. Those lists are being made public Sunday at 10 a.m. Now, the big thing that still hangs over our heads are trades. The NHL doesn't want the information on the trades to be disclosed. A few of them have been already, Marcus Kruger being one of them. There's still question marks surrounding all this and things that we can't possibly know because they're being sort of safeguarded by the league. But based on the information we do have and once we get those protection lists, that's what you're going to see Sunday night or Monday morning. There's going to be a full-length Vegas Golden Knights mock draft podcast. That's going to assume that none of the free agent signings we talk about in this video actually happen. I believe a number of them will happen, but we got to go on the assumption that none of them are going to happen because they're not going to be disclosed prior to the 21st when the roster is announced. 
So that's our content schedule. You're watching this video right now. We're going to start talking about some unrestricted and restricted free agents that Vegas might be targeting. And on Sunday or Monday, we're going to have the full-length Vegas Golden Knights mock draft podcast. Ready? Let's talk about some free agents. So once again, as I mentioned, starting on Sunday, Vegas has an exclusive 48-hour window with which to negotiate with pending unrestricted free agents or pending restricted free agents that have not been protected by their specific teams. As I mentioned before, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and lasting until, I believe it is 8 a.m. Eastern on Thursday, there is a roster signing and trade freeze with the exception of trades involving Vegas. So no team, Montreal can't turn around and make a trade with Buffalo or, you know, that's just two teams that kind of pulled out of my head. They can't make a trade between the two of them, but Buffalo can make a trade with Vegas. That's what the notion of the freeze is. No other team can make transactions, but Vegas has a 48-hour window to negotiate with pending unrestricted free agents or pending unprotected restricted free agents. Also worth pointing out, obviously it's a big part of this, if Vegas signs one of these unrestricted free agents or pending restricted free agents who haven't been protected, like say Vegas goes out and signs Kevin Shattenkirk, and we'll get there, but let's say Vegas goes out and signs Kevin Shattenkirk, that counts as their pick off of Washington's roster for the expansion draft. So they don't get to pick a second player from Washington. That counts as their pick if they sign a free agent within this window. This whole expansion draft thing is a really complicated issue. If you have questions about this, ask me in the comments section below. I feel like I've got a pretty good grip on it, but I'm by no means an expert. But if you have a question, put it in the comments section below. We'll try to come up with an answer for it. I may already have the answer for you, or I'm sure we'll be able to get it. So if you have a question about the process of the expansion draft, put it in the comments section below. I will do my level-headed best to answer your question. So before we talk about any players, let's talk about a little bit of strategy here. Obviously, strategy is going to play a big role in what players would get selected, who wouldn't get selected, and the whole makeup of a team. I'm not George McPhee. I'm not an NHL general manager. I'm just a hockey fan who's pretty passionate, who knows how I would try to build a team. So if I was put in this scenario that George McPhee and the Vegas Golden Knights have been put into, in this process for free agents... I would be looking for very specific types of players. I would be looking for, if it's going to be an NHL roster player that I'm going to be taking from a free agent signing, which if it's an unrestricted free agent, I don't think I'd want to take a player that's not going to be an NHL roster player. Why would I want to waste that pick on an AHL player? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm looking for somebody that's going to be an everyday player in my NHL lineup. So we're looking at a top nine forward a top six defenseman at worst, but probably a top four. Uh, looking at a quality starting goaltender if there is one available, and we'll get there. Or I'm going to be looking for a quality unprotected RFA. And I think there are going to be a number of them. There's a number of teams that are in some interesting scenarios here, which is why I think you're going to see a bunch of trades happen today and tomorrow before the roster freeze happens, because there's some really interesting situations with certain teams and some of their RFAs. But that's my strategy going into this. That's who I'm looking for. I'm looking for an everyday NHLer and a high quality everyday NHLer, or I'm looking for a really quality restricted free agent, somebody that I have control over, I can keep some term on. That's my strategy going into this. 
And it's worth taking the 10 seconds to say kudos to capfriendly.com for providing a ton of the information that I'm going to be giving to you today. Also, if you happen to notice me doing this a lot, it's because I'm hawkeyeing capfriendly.com, complete hockey news, and Twitter just waiting for signings and trades to happen. That's what's so exciting about this. This video is probably going to be out of date 20 minutes after I post it, but that's the fun. That's the intrigue and the mystery and the interest surrounding this because there's so many things that could happen and they're all going to be happening pretty damn quick. By the way, all of these are great resources for hockey information, news, transactions, financial numbers. I'll put all this information in the description below. Make sure you keep yourself informed during this incredibly ridiculous process. All right, even for a guy that does huge preambles, that's way too much. Let's talk about some of these players. Let's start with the forwards. We're looking at, again, I'm looking at guys that are bare minimum top nine forwards, guys that are affordable, guys that can come in, make an immediate impact on my NHL roster. So let's take a look at some of them. There's some pretty good names. Let's start in Washington. We've actually got two real marquee names from the Washington Capitals that are pending unrestricted free agents, those being TJ Oshie and Justin Williams. Oshie's 30 years old. He played in 68 games this past season, 56 points, including 33 goals, and a plus 28. Chewed up 17.51 in ice time, and his cap hit was under $4.2 million. Oshie, an incredibly good player, would obviously make an immediate impact in Vegas' top six, potentially on the top line. He's only 30 years old. That could be a big coup for Vegas, and it's somebody that they're definitely going to be targeting. Justin Williams, he's a bit older, he's 35 years old, played in 80 games last season, 24 and 24, so even across the board for 48 points. He was a plus 14 this season, 15-28 in ice time, so he can handle fairly heavy minutes, a $3.25 million cap hit. Obviously, between the two of them, I would rather have TJ Oshie, but I think Vegas is going to take a good hard look at both of those players, assuming they don't get signed. And once again, these are just players who are unrestricted free agents or pending restricted free agents right now. They could literally get signed in five minutes. That's why all of this is so up in the air. So they could very easily get signed, boom, right away. Because I can just hear people in the comments section going, what are you talking about? Washington's, they're going to sign, they're going to resign TJ Osha. You're just an idiot. But again, when we get to it, it's all going to come together. Just calm down, comment section. Let's move off Washington. Let's go to San Jose for a second, and you're looking right at the top. Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe. They are both pending unrestricted free agents. They're both 37 years old. Thornton played in 79 games this past season. Marlowe did not miss a game, 82 games. Marlowe had 27 goals this season for a 37-year-old. Pretty good results. Joe Thornton had 7 goals, 43 assists. 450 points. Marlowe added 19 assists. He had 46. Thornton was a plus seven. Marlowe was a plus four. They're both plus players. They both chew up really solid top line minutes. Thornton just over 18 minutes of ice time per game. Marlowe just over 17. Both of them can handle those top line minutes. The cap hits, they're pretty big. Thornton, 6.75 million. Marlowe, 6.67 million. So they're big investments. They're older players. They're not going to be around for a lot longer. I would be really surprised if Vegas decided to target one of these two guys. Great players, fine players, nothing wrong with them as players, except the age. The age does go against them a little bit. 
I'd be surprised, but stranger things have happened. Speaking of slightly older players, let's go to Florida, and there's a couple here that, you never know, Vegas could definitely take a look at. Those being Thomas Vanek and Yarmer Yager. They're both pending unrestricted free agents. Vanek is 33, Yager 45, but seems to be indicating that he wants to come back for at least one more kick at the can. Vanek was limited to 68 games this past season, where Yager played the full 82-game schedule, which is incredible for a 45-year-old. Vanek, 17 goals, 31 helpers for 48 points. Yager just a little behind him, 16 goals, 30 helpers for 46 points. Where Yager was a plus two, Vanek was a minus player this season at minus five. The ice time's a little bit lower than some of the players that we've been looking at. Vanek only averaging 14.37 of ice time, so, you know, prototypical kind of veteran second-line scoring forward, whereas Yager still averaging just under 17 minutes of ice time per game. That's still essentially top-line numbers, so you could see a guy like Yarmer Yager, even at 45 years old, go to a team like Vegas. Vanek's cap hit $2.6 million. Yager's cap hit still at four. So it's a little bit higher. It's another situation where I'd be surprised if Vegas took a stab at either one of these players, but the potential does exist, which is why we make mention of them. Sort of the same deal from San Jose. We look at Nashville, who just went to the cup final. They're going to be looking to keep that core together, but a couple of their older veteran players pending unrestricted free agents. We're talking about Mike Fisher, the captain, as well as Mike Ribeiro. And Mike Ribeiro actually is kind of an interesting case. Fisher played 72 games this past regular season, but Mike Ribeiro was limited to only 46 games in the regular season. Fisher had 18 goals and 42 points in his 72 games this season. Ribeiro, despite only playing 46 games, had 25 points. He would have had an outside shot at 50 points had he played a full season. Fisher was plus one, Ribeiro was minus five. Defense has never particularly been the strongest suit of Mike Ribeiro's game, so he was a minus player. 16.37 in average ice time for Mike Fisher, uh, just under 16 for Mike Ribeiro. The cap hits a little bit high, 4.4 for Fisher, and 3.5 for Ribeiro. I would think out of the two of these, Ribeiro is going to be a little bit more likely. I'd be really surprised if Mike Fisher doesn't re-sign in Nashville, to be perfectly honest. Sort of the same thing with Yager. I expect Yager to re-sign in Florida. I think he stays there. But Ribeiro is cheaper, and over a full season probably would have had more points than Mike Fisher. They're both 37 years old, but if Vegas is going to be looking for that kind of veteran player, they may find him in Mike Ribeiro at Nashville. Now we get into a really fun section here, which is basically your value players. Like, there are three pending unrestricted free agents who, based on their output, would be really interesting value plays for the gambling capital of the world, but really interesting value plays here for Vegas if they wanted to take them. That would be Radim Verbata out of Arizona, Patrick Eves out of Anaheim, and Sam Gagne out of Columbus. All three of these players pending unrestricted free agents. Eves is 33, Verbata's 36, Sam Gagne is only 27 years old. He's got a number of really good seasons left in the NHL. Eves played 70, actually, you know what? Out of all three of these players, 
Eves played the fewest number of games, and he played 79. So these are durable players. They did not miss much of any time at all this year. Radom Verbata, highest scorer. He had 55 total points. Patrick Eves had 32 goals. He was a 30-goal scorer this year, and that's going to come into play a lot more when we talk a little more about these players' value based on what they put out this season. But all three of these players had 50-point seasons. Gagne was the only one of the three of these players that was a plus player in terms of their plus minus. Gagne was a plus 10 on a very good Columbus team this season. Radom Verbata with an ugly minus 18, but Arizona's not a good hockey team, so that really shouldn't come as much of a surprise. Patrick Eves hovering right around even, he was minus 2 on the season. Gagne, despite being a plus player, logging the lowest average ice time out of these three players at just under 14 minutes per game. Verbata's just under 17, and Eves is just under 16. Now here we go. Here's the value in these players. Patrick Eves' cap hit, $1 million last season. Uh, Radom Verbata's cap hit, $1 million last season. Sam Gagne's cap hit last season, $650,000. These are 50-point players who you could get for a million dollars or less based on their cap hit from last season. I don't think Patrick Eves or Radom Verbata are going to be in for much of a huge pay raise at their age, 33 and 36. It's probably going to cost you more than a million dollars to sign Sam Gagne, but even if it's 1.5 or 1.6 or 1.7, somewhere in that range, anything sub two, that's worth it for a 50-point player, don't you think? And here's where I throw down a couple of predictions. I think Vegas signs two of these players. I think they're in position that they're not going to get a better player from either of these two teams for these two players that I think they're going to sign. I don't think they're going to get a better player in the expansion draft. So I think they're going to actively pursue and sign both Radom Verbata out of Arizona and Sam Gagne out of Columbus. I don't think they're going to get a better player through the expansion draft than either of those two players. I think Vegas signs them both. I will make mention of a couple of guys here who I think are going to get a couple of looks, but quite frankly, I think they're a little bit overrated, especially for what their cap hits are. And uh, I, I luckily, Montreal, who almost ended up with one of these players, didn't end up with this player because I don't think it would have made a lick of difference. Out of Dallas, we're talking about Patrick Sharp. And out of Minnesota, we're talking about Martin Hansel. And Hansel, again, almost wound up in Montreal. Patrick Sharp, the older of the two, at 35. Martin Hansel, he's only 30. He's got some time left. Patrick Sharp was limited to just 48 games this past season. Uh, Martin Hansel played 71, so he did miss a little bit of time, but not terribly. Sharp had uh, only 18 points in 48 games and was an ugly, ugly, ugly minus 22 in just 48 games. Now look, I know Dallas was not the greatest team this season, but holy cow, like that's to be minus 22 in just 48 games, that's not good. Martin Hansel, 39 points. He was a 20 goal scorer this past season, uh, but he was also a hugely minus player, minus 17 on, you know, I know he didn't spend the whole season in Minnesota, obviously, but even when he got to Minnesota, the numbers didn't improved to a ridiculous amount so that's again that's something vegas is going to look at numbers like that and be like well jesus look at how ridiculously minus this player was i don't think that's going to be attractive to them 
Uh, Patrick Sharp only logged just under 16 minutes of ice time in the uh, 46 games, sorry, 48 games that he played this season. Hands a little bit better, 1835. There's nothing wrong with that in terms of ice time. That's top six center ice time. So he can chew up the ice time, but the results were not great this season, especially not for the cap hits. Patrick Sharp was a $5.9 million cap hit last season. Hansel was 3.1. I think Patrick Sharp is due for a huge pay cut. You could probably get him at 2 million bucks, but still with those results, even in a shortened season that he had with injury, that kind of thing is not worth it. So I don't think Vegas is going to take too much of a look at him. Nor Martin Hansel, I think he'll probably make somewhere around that cap hit again that he made last year, maybe even a little bit higher. I don't think Vegas is going to be interested in that. Two more forwards we're going to talk about here, and then we're going to move on to the defensemen. We go to my team. We go to Montreal and Alex Radulov, because it doesn't look like Alex Radulov is going to be back. Radulov's just 30 years old. He proved this season he's got a ton left in the tank. 76 games, so he was durable, didn't miss too much time. 18 goals and 54 points for Radulov in his return to the NHL. He was a plus player, a plus 10 on the season. Now again, Montreal, pretty good defensive team, but still he was a plus 10 and he put up numbers. 18-17 in ice time. The cap hit $5.75 million. I think he's looking for a bit of a raise and he's looking for term, but this is a marquee player and from coming back last season on a team that struggled offensively, Radulov put up numbers and I think proved that he's still a marquee player in the NHL to the point that honestly, I think Vegas is going to sign him. I think Vegas is going to back the Brinks truck up to Radulov's house and say, take what you want because he is a marquee player still in this league. I think Vegas will give him the term that he wants. I think they'll give him the money that he wants. I would not be surprised one little lick to see Alex Radulov playing in Vegas next season. And the last guy we're going to look at here, we're going to go to Pittsburgh, Nick Benino, now a back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champion at center. Benino's only 29 years old, played 80 games last season, only put up 37 points, pretty even split across the board, 18 goals, 19 helpers for his 37 points. He was a minus player at minus 5, 1640 in ice time on average, but his cap hits only $1.9 million, which is a pretty attractive number to a team like Vegas that only has to get to 60% of the cap ceiling and if the cap doesn't move all that much, which I don't think it's going to, $1.9 million, pretty damn affordable. I would be shocked because personally, I think they're going to take Marc-Andre Fleury either in a trade or they're just going to take him in the expansion draft anyway. So if he's still around to be taken in the expansion draft, that's who they're going to take. So why would they take Nick Benino in free agency and then lose the pick for Pittsburgh? So I highly doubt that that's going to happen. Stranger things have happened, but I'd be really surprised if they take Benino at a free agency. Okay, so there you go on the forwards. Let's start talking about some of these defensemen, and we're going to go right back to the Washington Capitals. And I mentioned it earlier, close to off the top of the video, two defensemen here for Washington who are pending unrestricted free agents on July 1st, who I think the Vegas Golden Knights are highly, highly attracted to, those being Kevin Shattenkirk and Carl Alsner. Either one of those players could step into a top two, top four 
bare worst for Carl Alsner top six role with this new Vegas franchise. Shattenkirk is 28, so is Alsner. So they're both 28 years old. They both played 80 or more games this past season. Alsner did not miss a game this season. Shattenkirk had a great season, 13 goals and 56 points, the most points among available potential uh, pending unrestricted free agent defenseman. That was the word I was trying to say. Carl Alsner only had 13 points in those 82 games, but was a plus 23. Alsner is a really talented defensive defenseman. He can move the puck a little bit, doesn't generally get in to the offense in a big way, but he's definitely a capable guy back there. Shattenkirk was a minus player on the season at minus seven. Both of them, though, chew up high 19 minutes on average on ice time, and that's the kind of thing that you would want for your top four pairing. The cap hits, honestly, were not ridiculous. Kevin Shattenkirk, 5.2 million. Carl Alsner, very affordable at 2.8. Washington's not going to be able to sign all four of them because all four of them are likely going to get some kind of a raise. Maybe not Justin Williams, but you're only going to save maybe a million, a million and a half there. So you can't get all of these players signed. I firmly believe one of these four players is going to wind up in Vegas. Let's go west now in Canada. The Calgary Flames have an interesting situation with a couple of pending unrestricted free agent defensemen. We're talking about Dennis Weidman and Michael Stone. Now, Dennis Weidman, the older of these two, obviously at 34. Michael Stone, only 27. Both of these players missed some time this season due to injury. Weidman only had 57 games. Stone had 64. Not great point producers, either of them. Weidman only had 18 points. Stone only had 15. But where Weidman was a minus player at minus 6 on the season, Michael Stone was even par. He wasn't in the plus. He wasn't in the minus. He was at exactly 0. Both of them chew up just over 20 minutes of ice time. That's your top 4 kind of ice time in terms of pairings right there. Grabbing one of them. The cap hits are a little bit high. Weidman, five and a quarter million. Michael Stone, only four, which is not terrible. Certainly not for a 27-year-old. Between the two of them, I would expect Michael Stone is going to be the one that's going to get more of a look from Vegas. And I think they'll take him or... There's something coming up when we talk about some of the uh, potentially available restricted free agents. So we're just going to put a pin in Michael Stone right now. I think there's a chance that Michael Stone could end up on Vegas, but we'll talk more about it in a little. So now we got a cluster of guys here that I I'd be very surprised if Vegas would decide to take them. I think there's better options out there for them via the expansion draft from these teams than to take these players, but they're worth making note of anyway because you never know what might happen. We're going to start in Buffalo with Cody Franson. He's 29 years old, played 68 games last season, 19 points with only three goals. He was a minus player at minus five, but he's got the numbers in there, 18-28 in terms of average ice time, and the cap hits not crazy at $2.65 million, but again, I think they can get a better player from Buffalo via the expansion draft. Same deal for Chicago. Brian Campbell. I know he's 38 years old, but this is a multi-time Stanley Cup champion. He's got all the experience in the world, a championship pedigree. He's a guy that's going to get some looks from Vegas. He's 38 years old. Played pretty well a full season last season. Played 80 games last year. 17 points with 5 goals. He was a plus player. He plus 12 last season. 18-25 in ice time. So that's the kind of numbers that you'd want from a top 4 pairing. 
and his cap hit was only $1.5 million. I don't expect that he'll be due for a big raise in free agency, maybe up to something closer to two, but it certainly wouldn't be a big raise. So he's going to get some looks just because of the championship pedigree and they know exactly what he's capable of on the ice. And Chris Russell's another guy. I don't expect he's going to get a lot of interest from Vegas, but stranger things have happened. You never know. Chris Russell's 30. He only played 68 games last season, missed a little bit of time with injury. Only had 13 points and a single goal on the season in Edmonton. He was a plus player. He was plus five on the season. 21 minutes of average ice time. That might be one of the only things that Vegas will look at and be like, yo, look at the minutes that this guy can play as a plus player. So that might be something that they want to look at. The cap hit's not ridiculous at $3.1 million, but I'd be really surprised if they take a look at him. And I suppose ditto for Pittsburgh out of Trevor Daly, a pending unrestricted free agent, just won the Stanley Cup for his second straight season. 33 years old is Trevor Daly. Only played in 56 games this past season, so he missed significant time due to injury. Uh, 14 assists go with five goals, 19 points on the season. Again, he was a plus player at plus seven, chewing up over 20 minutes of ice time. It's what you want out of a top four pairing guy and $3.3 million. Again, I think I'd rather have him than Chris Russell if it came down to between the two of those. But once again, with Pittsburgh, you're talking about the whole Marc-Andre Fleury situation. You don't really know what's going to happen there, whether it'll be a trade or or whether you will get him in the expansion draft or what have you. So I'm probably staying away from Trevor Daly, but with how the Marc-Andre Fleury situation plays out, you never know. And before I mention two more guys, both of which I think there's a great chance that they wind up in Vegas, I want to make mention of a guy that I specifically didn't include in this list, and that's Andre Markov. The reason I didn't include him, even though he is a pending unrestricted free agent, if he's not going to retire, this upcoming season is going to be his last season. He's played his entire career in Montreal, the consummate team guy, and I think he's going to resign in Montreal. That's the only reason that I didn't include him. You can pay attention to it because if he doesn't resign in Montreal for some reason, uh, probably at a you know a fairly discounted rate, I can't imagine they're going to offer him five million bucks again. But if he doesn't resign in Montreal, I mean, there's a possibility. He could wind up in Vegas. I think Vegas would probably get a better player off of Montreal or a younger player, a prospect player in the expansion draft than by taking Markov. But again, you just never know. Now, let's look at a couple defensemen that I think there's a great chance, with a caveat on one of them, but a great chance that I think either one of these players are going to wind up in Vegas. And one, I think, definitely will. So why don't we start there? We'll go to Michael Delzato in Philadelphia. Michael Delzato, only 26 years old, did have an injury-shortened season. He only played 51 games this past year. In those 51 games, he had 18 points, including six goals. He was a minus player at minus five, but chewed up really good minutes, 19 and a half minutes in terms of average ice time. His cap hit is really manageable at $3.88 million. It's not crazy. And I don't think they're going to get a better player out of Philadelphia in the expansion draft. So if this top six defenseman is available through free agency, I don't think you're going to get a better player by going the expansion draft route. I think he definitely winds up in Vegas. I think Michael Delzato is going to be a Golden Knight. And the other player I wanted to talk about is Matt Hunwick out of Toronto. 32 years old, played 72 games this past season. 
19 points with only one goal, but still 19 points. He was a plus player on the season at plus eight. Put up good minutes, just barely under 18 minutes of ice time per game. That's perfect for a top four guy or top six at absolute worst. And his cap hits was only $1.2 million last year. He might be due for a slight raise, but it's not going to be crazy. It's going to be sub two for sure. So I think Matt Hunwick, because I don't think Toronto's going to, well, obviously he's an unrestricted free agent, so they're not going to protect him. But there is the possibility here. And the only reason that I say he might only maybe wind up in Vegas is because Toronto has a number of quality restricted free agents especially on the wing and they're not going to be able to protect them all so unless they're going to be making two and three trades with Vegas in order to protect some of these players I would be really surprised if they don't lose one of these good quality wingers I mean look stranger things have happened and in that case if you don't think those players are going to be available to you you grab Matt Hunwick because he is a good solid top six guy but we're only going to put a caveat on that right now that maybe he might wind up there, but there's more to talk about in terms of the restricted free agents. So we've talked about 15 forwards. We've talked about 10 defensemen that I think would either be top nine forwards or top six defensemen potentially on the Vegas Golden Knights. What about the goaltending? We're going to not spend very much time on this because I don't think in terms of free agency, there's a caliber starting goaltender for this franchise. There's a couple that are available, but I don't think they're going to be attractive to Vegas based on either the cap hit or track record or what have you. So we're just going to talk about them very quickly. Uh, out of Calgary, Brian Elliott. The Brian Elliott experiment in Calgary has failed. I don't think he's going to be back with the team. He's an unrestricted free agent as of July 1st. They paid him $2.7 million to put up a 9-10 save percentage. He won 26 games, but he only played 49 games. He lost his starting role early in the season to Chad Johnson. That's the goaltender that I think Calgary's going to protect. By the way, I think they protect Chad Johnson and hold on to him as a good caliber backup goaltender. Uh, so Brian Elliott is out there, but they're going to get a better player from Calgary. They'd be better off taking Michael Stone. We just, I mean, you know, we just talked about him. So I think there's virtually no way that Vegas takes Brian Elliott. Ditto for Steve Mason. It looks like Steve Mason and the Philadelphia Flyers are ready to part ways. They're going to move forward with Michael Neuverth as their starting goaltender. Steve Mason's uh, only 29, so he's the youngest goaltender that we're going to talk about. Played the most games last year. He played in 58. 26, 21, and 3 record, but a 2.66 goals against average and only a 9.08 save percentage at a cap hit of $4.1 million. Vegas is not going to take that on. They're going to get a better goaltender in the expansion draft, probably from the Colorado Avalanche, than they're going to get in a guy like Steve Mason. So I think there's virtually no way that they wind up taking Steve Mason from Philadelphia. And ditto for Vancouver, Ryan Miller, the oldest goaltender we're going to talk about, 36 years old, 54 games last season, had a bad season on a brutal team. Well, at least in terms of the goals against average. Actually, the save percentage is the highest of the three goaltenders that we just talked about at 914. But at 2.8 goals against average, he's 36 years old. And the cap hit last year was $6 million. No way Vegas is going to take a look at him because they're going to get a better player from Vancouver in the expansion draft or at least a younger prospect player in the expansion draft 
they're definitely not going to take Ryan Miller. So we've talked about potential top nine forwards, potential top six defensemen, potential starting goaltenders, which there basically are none in terms of the free agents. Let's talk about some possibilities here in terms of high quality, unprotected, restricted free agents. Now, we're not going to know this, obviously, until the protected lists come out. But looking at some of the makeup of some of these teams, these are just some possibilities. And there's some very real possibilities that these high quality RFAs may not be protected. So we'll start with Calgary. And there's a number of good young players that they're going to be forced to protect because they're either quality contributors to their current lineup or will be in the next two to three years. And a couple of guys that I believe are the odd men out on the outside looking in here are Michael Furland and Alex Chason, a pair of forwards. They're both wingers. And I just think they're odd men out in terms of who Calgary's going to protect, who Calgary's not going to protect. So, you know, we talked about Michael Stone, about them taking Michael Stone as a defenseman. If they choose not to do that, they may choose to grab one of those two, you know, high quality restricted free agents because they want a young base and they want to sort of build up not just their NHL roster, but the farm system as well. So you grab a couple of those players, they're like 24, 25. They're good. They would be really good, solid top six AHL players, or they could be, you know, bottom six forwards on your NHL roster one way or the other. So if they don't take Michael Stone, I think there's a great chance they take one of those two players. If it was me, I'd rather Michael Furland. Toronto, same deal. We talked about Matt Hunwick and, you know, the chance that Vegas could grab Matt Hunwick. But again, based on Toronto's organizational makeup, they've got too many good wingers, and I firmly believe they're going to lose one of them. And the two that are at the top of my list are Connor Brown and Zach Hyman. I think those two players, just based on the way Toronto's lineup is made up, I think those two players are probably going to be available as pending restricted free agents. The team's just got too many wingers to hold on to everybody. So if they don't want to take Matt Hunwick, they being Vegas, I think they're going to have a great option to take one of those pending RFAs. If it were me, it's kind of a coin flip. I think Connor Brown's technically a quote-unquote better player, but Zach Hyman's just his little ball of hate. And, and he goes out there and he gets stuff done in a bottom six forward role. So it, it's kind of a coin flip. It's kind of either or. You take the technically probably more talented player or you take the one that seems to get the most done on the ice. It'll be interesting to see what they do, but it could still wind up being Matt Hunwick. It's possible Toronto works something out where Connor Brown and Zach Hyman are not available. But we'll have to see when the protect lists come out. Let's take a look at the New York Rangers, too, because there's another team where I think there's two really high-quality restricted free agents that simply are going to be victims of trying to keep that core together in New York. New York's got to feel like they're right there, and they want to win one for Henrik Lundqvist. The core is right there, and it's mostly going to be tied down, but there are definitely some loose ends at forward. We're talking about Jesper Faust and Oscar Lindbergh. I think both of those players will be unprotected, restricted free agents once the protect lists come out. 
And I firmly believe, and I've been beating this drum for a, quite a while, actually, Jesper Faust is going to be a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. And that's an official prediction that Jesper Faust will be taken. They could take him in the sign in the signing phase, the contract phase, or they could take him in the expansion draft because I think he'll definitely be available to them. So I, Jesper Faust, I believe, pack your bags, I think you're going to Vegas. Got a couple other interesting ones for you, and they're incredibly talented players, and they might make you scratch your head at first, but hear me out on this. We're going to start in Minnesota. How about Nino Niederreiter? How would that sound? How would that look in a Vegas Golden Knights uniform? Hear me out on this one. The Minnesota Wild have multiple no-movement clauses that they should have busted up by now. You're talking about... Uh, I think they had three or four no-move clauses on guys above the age of 32. And and they're just ones that you've got, like I think Palmonville would be one that I would have tried to bust up so that I could protect a player like Nino Niederreiter. Or uh, not Zach Perry. I know Perise has one, but I wouldn't have wanted to bust his up. But there would have, there was somebody else. I can't remember who, who it is right off the top of my head. But they've got a number of no-movement clauses that I think are going to screw them over out of a good young player. And Nino Niederreiter is just one of them that they could end up losing a good, talented, NHL-caliber young player. And Nino Niederreiter is just the player that kind of tops that list just based on the organizational makeup and who you feel like almost by default they have to protect, Nino could wind up being an odd man out. If he's there, Vegas is taking him. In terms of the Columbus Blue Jackets, how about Josh Anderson? Now there's a caveat here being, I think there's already a deal in place for Vegas to not draft Josh Anderson. I thought I heard something about that before the NHL dropped the hammer and was like, don't leak any details of any of these trades. I feel like Josh Anderson's name was in there somewhere. So I think there's a deal already in place to not take Josh Anderson. Now, what the exact details of that trade is, I have no idea. I'm not a trade breaker. I'm not an insider. I've just paid a lot of attention to this stuff. So I don't know, but I feel like I've heard his name bandied about as Vegas is not going to take him in exchange for something else. But you never know. Based on Columbus's organizational makeup and who I feel like they have to protect... He could be there. And ditto for San Jose with Chris Tierney. And this is a really interesting one. Because of the way San Jose is set up, their organizational depth chart, I think San Jose may be the only team in the league to choose the 8-1 protect method in order to protect four defensemen. I think there's a real possibility that they do that because there's a lot of really good young defensemen on that team and it's going to be pretty hard to keep all of them. But if they do choose to do that, I think it'll be at the cost of Chris Tierney. If San Jose does elect to do the 8-1 protect method to protect four defensemen, I would not be shocked in the least to see Chris Tierney going to Vegas. All right, so I've inundated you with numbers over the last probably half hour plus what does it all mean, Justin? Get to the bloody point. What is going to happen? What's going to happen is that from Sunday to just before the expansion draft takes place, the Vegas Golden Knights, in my opinion, are going to make eight signings. That's more than a quarter of the league. 
but I could very easily see up to eight, and I'm calling it, I'm, you know, if you follow my channel, you know, I'm not afraid to throw a gauntlet down and throw down a prediction. I think Vegas is going to do all of these moves. I think they're going to do all eight of these moves to have a solid base for their team heading into the expansion draft. And then at that point, they can skew young, get their prospects in place, and they'll be set up for success immediately. So my predicted Vegas free agent signings prior to the expansion draft are as follows. And I'll prioritize them for your pleasure. Number one, the Vegas Golden Knights sign one of Washington Capitals defenseman Kevin Shattenkirk, forward TJ Oshie, defenseman Carl Alsner, or forward Justin Williams. That's the order that I would want them. Shattenkirk first, Oshie second, Alsner third, Williams fourth. They're going to sign one of those four players, and that's priority number one. Number two, the Vegas Golden Knights will sign either Calgary defenseman Michael Stone or one of their odd man out restricted free agents, likely Michael Furland or Alex Chason. And for me, it's in that order. I would rather have Furland than Chason, but Michael Stone is in there as well. And if those players are not available, Michael Stone will be signed by Vegas. And that's priority number two. Number three, the Vegas Golden Knights will sign Toronto defenseman Matt Hunwick or one of their odd man out RFAs. My most likely scenario is either forward Connor Brown or forward Zach Hyman. It's a coin flip from me. I would rather, I don't really have a preference one way or the other between either of those players. I think they sort of even out kind of a pick your poison sort of thing. But if those players are not available, I think they'll take defenseman Matt Hunwick and sign him as an unrestricted free agent. And that is priority number three. Number four, the Vegas Golden Knights will sign Montreal forward Alexander Radulov. Number five, the Vegas Golden Knights will sign New York Rangers forward Jesper Fast. Or if they can't sign him, they'll get him in the expansion draft because I don't think the Rangers will protect him. Number six, the Vegas Golden Knights will sign Columbus Blue Jackets forward Sam Gagne. Number seven, the Vegas Golden Knights will sign Arizona Coyotes forward Radom Verbata. And number eight, the Vegas Golden Knights will sign Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Michael Delzato. So if we're looking at definites here, Radulov, Gagne, Verbata, Delzato, and Jesper Fast. And then you got either Hunwick or one of those two RFAs. Michael Stone and one of those two or one of those two RFAs and one of those four high profile players from the Washington Capitals. And that's going to be before the expansion draft even starts. This is why it's silly season. This is exactly what Steve Dangle was talking about. And again, all of this could change. This could be completely irrelevant in a couple of hours time. And that's what makes it so damn fun. I hope you're going to be watching. I hope you're on the edge of your seats because this Vegas Golden Knights prospect, good Lord, this is going to get interesting and this is going to be super, super fun. That's it for me. My voice is starting to go. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Let me know your predictions in the comments section below, who you think Vegas is going to take, who you think certain teams might leave protected, unprotected. 
let's talk about that in the comments section. Like, if you think, what in the world are you talking about with some of these things? Like, who would you protect if you're not going to protect Connor Brown and Zach Hyman? We can talk about that because I love talking about that stuff. So that's what we're going to do in the comments section until Sunday night or Monday morning when we do the full Vegas Golden Knights mock draft based on actual real-world NHL protection lists. That's it for this one. We'll see you again Sunday night or Monday morning.